Hi, and welcome to Elevate Potential. I'm so glad that you're here. This is a podcast that is designed to help you escape patterns, embrace passion, and elevate potential. My name is Elizabeth Perry, and as a lifelong student of psychology, personal development, and human potential, as well as a transpersonal life and leadership coach, I will be your guide as together we learn from others who are on this journey. Let's dive in. You're never going to go back there because you have new information every single day to help you on your journey. You aren't going to go back there because you already have lived experience of not being there. So it might feel like you're back to square one sometimes, but the reality is that you're not. Hi, and welcome to Elevate Potential. Today, we are going to be talking with Kate about how she was able to overcome patterns of disordered eating and how this process led her to discovering her passion for nutrition. Kate shares with us some of the thought patterns that were holding her back and the tools that she has now to take on each day with a renewed sense of power, strength, and passion. Kate is a model, yogi, YouTuber, influencer, podcaster, and now recently a nutrition coach. Kate's podcast, Take the Cake, has helped many women gain self-acceptance. She's also a great friend of mine, so I'm just so excited to host her today and jump into this conversation. Welcome, Kate. Thank you so much. I am so excited for this. Yes, we're like real-life friends and... I love that. It's always more fun recording with real life friends. I mean, it's fun recording with internet friends, of course, but this is, this is going to be good. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I agree. Of course. I was, I've been really excited for this conversation. It was one that I planned even before I launched my podcast. I was like, I have to host Kate because I've listened to a lot of your episodes and I just think that what you're doing is so important, not only for other women in the modeling industry, but women in general who are looking for Um, self-acceptance and body acceptance, which I feel like so often society at large almost socializes us to be insecure. And so overcoming that I think is an act of rebellion and even an act of protest against, you know, the culture that we live in. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to start off just with a question that I like to ask everyone. And that is, what were you like when you were a kid? What did you want to be? What was, who was Kate when she was like (laughs) years old? That's so cute. Okay. Yes. So I was an athlete. I was a gymnast, which maybe it all makes sense now to you why I had body image issues. No, it's not like every gymnast does, but I did have body image issues. I was just very body aware, I guess. But I was very athletic and I was also just silly. I don't know. I was super silly as a kid and loved to play outside. I like really loved shooting basketball hoops um, <laughs> with my neighbor's basketball thing, hoop thing. What is it called? Basketball hoop. Yeah. yeah. I clearly didn't play basketball for real. <laughs> and I also really wanted to be, well, I used to call it a baby doctor because I used to watch like all like the baby story on TLC and used to love that. Obviously I found out it was called like an OBGYN gynecologist, my mom let me know one day. She's like, (laughs) you need to stop calling it baby doctor. This is what it's really, this is what it really is. And I was like, wow, okay. So that's what I wanted to do. And there's a whole other side of me. If I wasn't doing this coaching and this in this like influencer space, which I'm so happy I'm in, it's like amazing. Mm -hmm. I definitely would be doing some sort of birth work. I really love Mm -hmm. birth and pregnancy and that rite of passage. So that's probably something I'd be doing. I love that kind of stuff if I wasn't doing this. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I mean, you are so in your feminine energy. So I think you'd make an amazing (laughs) doula and we have such long lives. Like who knows what will happen. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? (laughs) I'm open. (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, even just as long as I've known you, I feel like you have grown and just done so many different things in the two years, maybe that we've known each other. And so when you think back about that, when you think back at that, I think it's amazing just to see what we can accomplish in a couple years and to think that we have our whole lives ahead of us. It's amazing. You know, the opportunities that might unfold that we don't even know are going to happen yet. I know. I'm so, I mean, just thinking about you starting this podcast, same. I remember like when we went on we went on a little trip together and it was like, we were just both in such different spots. So it's really cool to look back and, and see like, wow, we've done a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so speaking of that, I wanted to kind of dive a little bit more into your story. And so you said that when you were a kid, like you started to recognize these patterns of body insecurity really early on. At what point did you realize that this is something that you wanted to um, start to heal from? And how long was the process from that when you decided, hey, this is something I want to heal from to getting to a place where you felt like you can share that healing with other people? Mm, that's a good question. I, I'm not sure. You know, I think there, my eating disorder started off really like dieting and, and trying to be aware of my body. Like I'm guessing it was about when I was 15 years old and when it started, maybe 14, but it just was dieting and that dieting consciousness from a young age and like wanting to lose weight because I don't know, it was, it was the biggest loser was a big deal then. And like, it was just common. I mean, and I, I didn't have weight to lose. Okay. I want to make that clear. It's not like I, I just thought it was the normal thing to do. And, but then I remember starting my eating disorder behaviors that were more clearly not okay. wasn't really dieting, which it's not like dieting is okay, but I just remember there was a day where I started to engage in those behaviors. And pretty much ever since then, I was like, I don't want to have this. I don't really think anyone with eating disorders want to have them. It's just so hard and you get so wrapped up in it. And it's like your identity at some point. So I just was trying to fight it every day and obviously wasn't successful at first. It just got worse. And so I'm guessing that evolution of me dieting innocently, quote, and then having a full-blown eating disorder was probably eight or nine years. And then once I moved to California, which is when I was 20, which was six years ago, I was still very much in my eating disorder, but I, it was different because I started modeling. And then I would say the time that I wanted to share a very distinct time, I remember being, I need to share my recovery was when I was in Bali. I went to a yoga retreat in Bali. I was 22. So it was about four years ago. And it was about nine months into my recovery where I was like, I need to share about this. And I need to inspire other people because I was so moved and inspired by my own journey. I mean, I think that's like a classic healer type of person that has that archetype of wanting to heal. They are like, wow, that was life-changing. I need to share because it was important to me. So that's when I stopped posting as much modeling stuff and really just started to do the other content that I feel like made me who I am. So it was a good yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a saying that they say in therapy a lot, which is, hurt people, hurt people. Um, and I think the opposite of that is healed people, heal people. And it's, it's not even through intentional action. Sometimes, sometimes it's just by with sharing your life, which is a lot of how your journey started. You started to just share about your own recovery journey and 
that was helping so many other women that then from the outside, it looks like it was just like a natural progression into where you are now. I want to dive a little bit more into that healing process. What were some of the ways of thinking that you had to overcome in order to get to a place of healing or patterns that you had to unlearn that maybe other women can relate to, even you know if they may not have an eating disorder, but they may be engaging in disordered eating, which I think many women do. Yeah. So I actually, this is like so fresh on my mind because I just recorded my own episode on this, but the way I work with clients and the way I just think of it all, like in hindsight, what I really think about because my body image healing journey was long. So it's not like I did one thing or had one realization, but Mm -hmm. I would say in general, the thing that really helped me the most was embodying in the body that I have now. And like you mentioned, tapping into the feminine where It's not like man versus woman, but the feminine energy that is in all of us that is able to flow with life and move with life and be like, I'm not going to, you know, let a number on a scale tell me how to feel. I'm going to tell myself how I feel. I'm going to go with the flow (laughs) and really just going with the flow of life because we try and make our bodies, we try and manipulate our bodies to be a certain way via exercise or dieting or just hating ourselves. And we can't hate ourselves into sustainable change. We're just going to hate ourselves more. So I really was so important for me to embody. And that meant finding out the things I love to do that I can do in my body right now. Maybe that meant like exposure therapy in a way. Like I love this, for example, I love this dress, but I can't wear it because I don't have a certain body type, like wearing the dress anyways. Mm. And that's hard. It's not like that's a walk in the park and it's not like you're not going to have bad days, but it's surprising that the more you do something, the more you kind of, like you said, are rebellious against what society wants you to do. It's a good feeling to be like, I'm going to be myself. And that's another thing is authenticity, just being authentic and showing up as yourself in the world. And that sounds so cheesy, but like body image issues are such mirrors to our lives. And a lot of times that if something's not working in our lives, if we're not showing up, if we're not speaking the truth, if we're not being honest, if we're not happy in an area of our life that might not have anything to do with body image in our minds, like you might not make that connection, but oftentimes we'll just default to internalizing it and being like, it's my fault. I need to hate my body or change my body. So it can become like almost like a condition that you give to yourself. So basically my, I mean, of course there's like journaling and meditating and there's all these other things that you can do, but overall, I think it's really a challenge of not being authentic and not being embodied is really like the two things I can think of for most people that I think they could do something for themselves in, in those areas and help their body image at least a little bit. <laughs> One of the things that you said was is super powerful to me in the sense that, you know, when we're having body image insecurity and insecurity about our bodies, which I think society really raises women to be insecure about our bodies. When we walk around the world like that, it doesn't just affect our body image. It affects how we introduce ourselves to people. It affects how we show up at work because our bodies are so inherent to, you know, who we are, what we can do and our confidence, especially as women. I think that we are kind of brought up in the world to think of our identity as our bodies. And so I I think about the experience of wearing that dress that you might feel uncomfortable in or walking in that swimsuit as you started your recovery journey, 
What did your self-talk sound like and how did you start to make that shift? I think it's about those small choices that really add up. So if, and it was being real with myself and forgiving myself. A lot of the times I didn't do it. Like I couldn't, I mean, I could, but I didn't want to do it and wearing the dress or, and being like, you know what? I can survive this anxiety. It's going to be okay. So I think just like forgiving myself and never checking myself out, never being like, it's over. I'm back to square one. I was the whole time I kept saying, and this is what I say to my clients too. You're never going to go back there because you have new information every single day to help you on your journey. You aren't going to go back there because you already have lived experience of not being there. So it might feel like you're back to square one sometimes, but the reality is that you're not. So I think just having that self-compassion is super important. And also another thing that was in my mind all the time, who made up these rules? that I wasn't allowed to do this. Like who made it up? I can think of people who follow the rules on my behalf and want me to follow the rules for whatever reason, but that's just a projection of their own insecurities. So who made up the rules? Like, I don't trust this person or these people. I don't want to be on their side, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) You know, there are no rules. That's one of, that's been one of my mantras this year. There are no rules because I think so often we should ourselves, you know, we should do this or I should do that or I should look like that or I should eat like this. And in reality, there are no rules. You get to decide. And I think that that's a mantra for me that has been super helpful. And so you talk, you talk about your healing journey and some of the pieces that went into that day in and day out now today, as we are all still learning new things, what does your day-to-day look like in terms of your recovery and your healing? Mm, That's a good question. At this point, I consider myself recovered So it's been, I think it's been three, four years, three and a half years, I guess four years, like I mentioned. I don't know, time's escaping me all. It's like so crazy. But I, yeah, I consider myself fully recovered. So I feel really lucky and excited about that. But when I was on my healing journey, I can remember feeling like I was not grounded. I was walking on thin air all the time. I just felt like I only had myself in a way, which sounds really weird because I didn't. I had support. But I don't know, there was just this feeling of being like, I have to do this for myself. Like I have to do this for myself. And it was also really fun to recover because humans seek pleasure, avoid pain and eating disorders are painful and recovery is not painful. Eating disorders are painful. So even though sometimes in recovery, I would be like, I feel like shit. I don't want to do this anymore. I still, at the end of the day was like, okay, this is better. (laughs) I'm eating food. It's pleasurable. I'm like engaging in social activities. It's pleasurable. So It was fun. And I feel like making it fun is really important because the same with the dress thing. If you just have body image issues and you don't really consider yourself having an eating disorder, but like just eating the piece of cake or like wearing the dress, like it's fun to be, like you said, rebellious and to tap into that intuitive person that can be like, I'm going to do this anyways, and I'm going to show up. Mm -hmm. So that's honestly, it was just those daily little choices. And I mean, I did have a therapist. I did go to treatment. I did have a husband. Do have a husband who was, did <laughs> do have a husband Shout out to Rio. who was very supportive and I could go to him and be like, I don't feel good. Like whenever I wanted to, basically, I, I didn't do it that much, but if I felt like I just needed that support, he was there. So I had people in my life. I also had the internet to support me and books and podcasts and stuff like that. So yeah, just like the daily choices really. Yeah. Yeah. Even me day in, day out, there's like ups and downs in terms of how we feel about life. And for me, constantly engaging in things like meditation and journaling and all of that, it, it, 
isn't only helpful when you're really in a rut, but it's also helpful even when you're in a good place. Being able to tap into that and just continually go to the well and fill my bucket, I think is so helpful even in regular day-to-day life because we are constantly served up these images of what we should be and how we should act and I think overcoming those rules is continually tapping into yourself and being like, okay, where do I get my joy from though? Because it's not in that comparison. It's not in following these rules. Yeah. And discovering that's a journey. It's not overnight. It's not, oh, I'm gonna wake up and be myself. It's not that easy. I wish it was, but it's not. So it's like just being okay with being on the journey. Like we said, the tapping into the feminine, like being okay with just like change and growth and movement and different things from yesterday. Just not being so strict and analytical about everything is really important. Yeah. And being in that flow is counterintuitive to the way that like our society works, you know? People are always asking what's next or what what's wrong or... And even recently I was, I'm seeing somebody and I had asked him, he was feeling down and I was like, Oh, well, what are you going to do about that? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm just going to feel it. And I'm going to let it pass. Oh, keep him <laughs> right keep him around. <laughs> I need to be more like that again, like still not even accepting like where I'm at right now, which is I'm still learning how to be in the flow, but I think it is countercultural to just go with the flow and to accept how you're feeling. It is. And I cry like every single week. It's really good to actually metabolize your emotions and your feelings. And there's a reason why we shake more mad. We have to get that energy out and we cry when we're sad or whatever is happening to our bodies. Let it flow. Let it go. Let it do its thing. Because if you don't, you're going to hold it in somewhere and then you're going to feel it someday, probably soon. And it's not going to feel good. So it's really good to let it out and just feel it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And so just from the outside, watching you start to share about your recovery and then your life, it just seems that it just exponentially started growing into different avenues. And so I would love to hear a little bit about that part of the journey. When you started to feel like you were getting your footing and your healing, what did it unlock in your life? I just saw the world a lot differently instead of being inner focused on my body and what I was going to eat and just thinking, where's the pizza all the time? Because I'm like, where's the pizza? No, but seriously, I was shallow, a shallow person. I'm going to call myself out because when you're thinking about your own body image, you project onto other people and you think about their lives and like you compare yourself to them. And I was doing that with everyone around me. Like people that I love dearly. And you just have no time and space to to think about anything outside of what you look like, which is really not great. I mean, you don't, you can't really show up for anyone, including yourself in the world. So I just was able to show up and I was surprised that I got the traction I got. Honestly, I still am, but I guess that's what it's really taught me is that if you let yourself, I love the name of this podcast. If you let yourself have that potential, which means removing some blocks in your life, then you just never know how much energy you have inside of you. I just needed to redirect that energy. Mm. And I already had the energy inside of me. It's not like I needed something outside of myself, but I needed to re-harness it and put it into other areas of my life and free up my mind. I wasn't as, as smart as I am now. I wasn't as loving. I wasn't as kind. I wasn't as gentle. Recovery wisdom and wisdom from 
food and body challenges is really powerful. That's why I love this community so much. So yeah, I don't know, just everything. My whole life changed. <laughs> uh, I love what you say around, I had the energy. I was just putting it in places that weren't productive. I feel that. I, I can be really self-critical. And all of that self-critical energy, like imagine if you harness that somewhere, just somewhere else, anywhere mm-hmm. else, you know? <laughs> so that's really beautiful. I think that's just a beautiful way to think about it is you had all this energy and all this power. It was just being used in a way that wasn't productive for you. And now it is. And so speaking of that, you just recently launched your coaching business and I was reading your website and it said, I want to help women know the what and the why behind their eating disorder and not just the what. So I wanted to learn a little bit about what is that for you? What does that mean? And tell me a little bit about what you're doing with your clients. Oh, thank you. Thank you for reading that. My website, it's kind of hard making a website. No one tells you how hard it is. (laughs) I really appreciate that. Yeah. So I work with clients one-on-one at the moment. I would love to do some sort of group coaching someday, or I don't know what's going to go on in my future, but just for now, while I'm still in school, actually, I'm working one-on-one clients. I work very holistically. So I think eating disorders, treatment, and I mean, there's nothing wrong with the, the way that I guess clinically people treat food and body challenges right now, but it's very much, I don't know, gain weight and feel better, or I don't know, challenge this food and eat this food and feel better. And I guess like at the end of the day, at the end of the night, I was still left with these feelings of there's something more. So my approach is very holistic where I'll ask you tons of questions about sexuality, spirituality, family, relationships, money, career, do the whole thing (laughs) and really get a picture of your life. Cause I think that's really where the real recovery is just like we've been talking about. It's not just about healing the behaviors or it's not just as easy as, Oh, love yourself today. Self-care. That's those stuff is great. That's great, but it's not that easy. So really I want to dive into all of the aspects of it. And of course, some of that means, yeah, let's like challenge this food that you're avoiding. And of course we're we want to do that, but it's just more than that. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that's what yeah. that means. I think that's the true beauty of healing is that you realize how much it had transcended just not that one area of your life. And I've seen that in, in my own healing journey of when you speak with other people who have gone through it, there's a whole different level of like wisdom and holistic view. I'm going through a program and I have a sponsor Mm -hmm. and she had mentioned something and I was like, wait, is that related? And she was like, yeah, it's related. And I think just getting that affirmation that it is holistic, it does change your whole life. And that's the beauty of it. But also when you're looking to heal it, you kind of do have to look at your your whole life and turn over every leaf because there can be hidden places that are still needing to heal that you didn't even realize it was showing up in that area. Like for example, work, or like you said, finances or with your family or in your relationships. And I think that truly does go for healing of all types, you know, whether it be a eating disorder, whether it be PTSD, depression, all of these other things that we could be healing from, it is holistic every time. And so I love that approach. I'm so excited that you're helping women in that way. What do you want people to walk away from this episode knowing, or what are some words of wisdom that you have for somebody who might be in their healing journey, like in the, in their tough of it. And what could you offer to them? Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you. I love your approach with everything too. So I just appreciate that and resonate a lot with you. 
I would say, I'm trying to think of one thing, and I'm going to say this, body image challenges or food challenges are a collective problem with humanity. It's not just with you. You're not alone. And I'm not saying that to be like, you're not alone. You like deal with it. I'm saying that to inspire you to be like, whoa, this problem has manifested into me, but it's not my problem. It's not something that I have to take on for the rest of my life. It's something that I get to heal from and I get the opportunity to learn from. So whatever, for whatever reason, it manifested into you. And I think it's trying to teach you a lesson and trying to teach you something, if not many things. So I think just approach it with love and gentleness and you just never know what it could do for you, just the healing journey in general. That's so beautiful. It manifested in you and it's teaching you something because I think that's the beauty of what I've seen with all of these interviews is everyone who has gone through something, they have realized, oh, I went through this for a reason and now I get to use it to fuel my passion and purpose. And Mm. that's so beautiful when you're in that, when you're at that point, even, and if you can't see it when you're through it, it's okay. Like you will get there. Were there any, just, sorry, I'm going to ask another last question. (laughs) What's your favorite book that you read? You said that you were like, listen, reading books, listening to podcasts. Mm -hmm. I love to leave people with just one book or resource that they can tap Mm -hmm. into outside of your podcast, which we will definitely link to. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I just actually was reading. So I'm in school right now for my coaching. I'm almost done, but I'm still in school and we have lots of reading resources. And one of the best, just like applying to this podcast, one of the best books I've read so far is called the gift of our compulsions by Mary O'Malley. And I think that would be a great book to just have and just open up when you need it. It's got a lot of really juicy stuff and good tools and stuff. And yeah, podcast wise. Yeah. Like take the cake is a great podcast. You could literally just like search recovery podcast, body image. And obviously if there's red flags of them promoting weight loss or making you feel bad about yourself, then that's a no, no, but there's so many amazing resources. And I feel doing a little social media detox, like going through the people you follow and unfollowing people that actually trigger you is like the most powerful thing that you can do really. So that was an amazingly helpful, but the book is really amazing. I really want to check out (laughs) even just the title. I'm so intrigued. The gifts of our compulsions. I am definitely going to read that. I'll let you know. (laughs) It's definitely deep. So I would say space it out. (laughs) Yeah. it's, It's a good one. I am constantly reading a ton of deep books and I probably do need to read something a little bit more light soon. I don't read light stuff either. I'm just like, I never, I (laughs) I don't have time for this fun stuff. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, not only for coming on the podcast today, but your content inspires me constantly. I'm always loving the things that you post and honestly healing a lot from it myself. Like I said, I think that We all have body image issues. And I was watching one of your videos recently where you woke up in the morning and you were like, I love myself. Then you looked in the mirror and you were like, I love myself. Mm -hmm. You went to go eat breakfast and you were going to choose something, but then you chose something else because you wanted to love yourself. And that even just that little video to start my day, I was like, okay, that's how my morning's going to go today. So (laughs) you're making an impact more than you even know. Your reach is so wide and so deep. And so just thank you for all of the amazing content that you're putting out on a platform that sometimes doesn't have all that amazing of content. So appreciate you a lot. And the light that you're shining on so many people. Thank you so much, love. I appreciate you too. Thank you. Alrighty. (laughs) 
Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. As always, any books, links, or resources that were mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes for you to access. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a comment. We would love to hear from you. Or feel free to send us a direct message on Instagram at Elevate Potential Podcast if you would like to be a guest on this show. Finally, please subscribe and download episodes in order to support the community that we are creating of people who are working to elevate their potential together. Until next time.